1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: One of the problems with the reaction to the Oklahoma City bombing, and it's a good example to bring up, is that it was widely understood as the act of one lone madman, right, Timothy McVeigh, and he had accomplices. This downplayed the extent to which he was part of a much broader white nationalist underground. And if you don't recognise that there are other groups that are helping him or helping support, and there's a, no, we won't go into that, there's a kind of wider conspiracy theory that there was no other groups involved beyond McVeigh. But the point I'm trying to make is rather that there's a broader culture of many people who would support those kind of ideas. The federal agencies were extremely effective, if you look at the 1970s, of infiltrating the Klan and putting a stop to the Klan. They've been very successful in placing informers inside uh, white supremacist groups. But it's critical, if you're able to do that, that you have political support to act on that within the administration itself. So what's happened in the last four years is that there's been very little support for doing that, right? So in fact, we've had time and time again reports which says, look, white domestic white supremacist extremists are the most dangerous threat to the United States, m- much more than you know, overseas terrorists. And those reports have been downplayed, they've been ignored, they've been told this is not true, this is a slur on American American patriots. So, for example, again, people seem shocked that. There are members of the United States armed forces or law enforcement agencies who hold white supremacist views. Anybody who's been paying attention, this has been clear. uh, They've been infiltrating law enforcement. Armed forces have been the goal of the white supremacist movement for decades. The FBI knows that, but unless they get the political support to pursue it, it's very difficult. So, the simple answer to, to, to your question: take it seriously. Don't diminish it. And try to deal with it. You know, the, the, the issue that is always thrown up in, in terms of in the United States, and this is different from places like Canada or Germany, in which there are very strong hate laws to combat some of this speech, which drives it, you know, people might say it drives it underground. But this kind of idea of freedom of speech in the United States is is used some sometimes as a way for for people not dealing with extreme rhetoric and extreme language and allowing it to flourish, you can still deal with it and, and the First Amendment can still operate. And an illustration of that is exactly what Facebook and Twitter eventually, again, eventually did with Donald Trump. They shut it off and they always have the power to do that. And they've always had the power to do that with extreme rhetoric. OK, you, it might get pushed to other platforms, but those platforms don't have the reach of platforms like Facebook and Twitter. So there are things to be done, but the first thing to, to, to be done is acknowledge it. It's part of the United States. It has been throughout the U.S. history and take it seriously.
0: It's an itch for an identity for, a great, for meaning and purpose in, in a very anxious world with an unclear future. So Trump is also extremely good at telling his audience the truth that They've been abandoned and no one centers them, and he tells them he loves them. And that's very powerful. He has does, an ability to do that. How does the whole vaccine thing fit in? And yeah, so there's a, there's, so part of it is the anti lockdown stuff. Some of that is, okay, it's poor, it's black, and it's black people dying more. And why do we have to suffer for that? So, That's part of it. Is the so there's this health libertarianism element that you're pointing out, and health libertarianism has along the anti-vax stuff. I'm I actually did the research on this a little while ago. (laughs) It's not new, and it connects the health in there are lots of states with very in the West especially that have this health libertarian background and anti-vax movements. Part of it is suspicion of government. The suspicion of government is something that gets super juiced in the 80s under Reagan because they connect government with funneling money to black Americans. And so then you get this whole toxic stew of the government. You can never ever trust the government. The government is just going to take your money, your taxes, and give it to the undeserved. quote-unquote undeserved. And so the government is actually the enemy. And that creates the modern Republican Party with its tent of anti-tax people and white supremacists and anti-tax white supremacists. And so health liberty So we've got
2: the whole
1: gamut. The, yeah. the white supremacists, the anti-tax white supremacist. It's fantastic. It's the it's the greatest hits of American conspiracy theory going back two generations, yeah. really. Yeah. That really feels like what's happening right now is the I won't say the end state because more and different is coming and always is. Yeah. But it does feel like this bizarre season finale, if you will.
0: These but it's, but, oh, but Matthew, it's just season two.
1: I know. <laughs> I know. Like the uh, learning about the John Birch Society this year continually struck by the historical parallels yeah. there in these movements and how similar the they are. Big. Yeah. And just like a a lot of this stuff, it feels like America has learned about a lot of these conspiracy theories and and bizarre strains in American thought over the past year. But I I can't like, and again, living in the South, like a lot of this stuff has been around and been with us for a long time. It feels interwoven into the fabric of American society. And I don't know how right now, how we move forward The Republicans continue. Some of them continue to talk about like unity and reconciliation right now. Is that even is that even possible? Um,
0: They're not really talking about unity and reconciliation. They're talking about no accountability. So if we call it unity and uh, reconciliation, we're misconstruing what it is. (laughs) We're calling for no accountability. Is no accountability even possible? Only if you want to strongly send the message that. The next time you can do even more stuff with impunity. So think of what we've normalized here. It was very open that Trump responded to the pandemic by saying, by abandoning any national plan and encouraging COVID denialism, because it was just, it was very explicitly open. It was just, it was mainly affecting blue states at first. Think about that. And, but there was so much happening at the time that it was just too much to process.
1: Hello Angry Planet listeners, this is Matthew. What you just heard was a little preview of what's going on on the premium stream. You can go to angryplanetpod.com or angryplanet.substack.com to sign up for just $9 a month. It gets you access to two premium episodes a month and our newsletter which comes out every Monday. So what you heard were conversations with a historian about the John Birch Society and the historical antecedents for uh, modern right-wing conspiracy theory, and also another discussion with Jason Stanley about uh, what he thinks is going to happen to the Trump movement now that Trump is gone. If those are the kinds of things that you're interested in, we again ask that you just hop on over to Angry Planet Pod and sign up for just $9 a month. That John Birch episode is live now. If you're tuning in for the regular show, well, tomorrow we have an episode that's all about Russia for you with our uh, not infrequent guest, Mark Gagliotti. And we will see you tomorrow.